Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Carrie the Mokne. I'm Drama Geek. I'm K News. And I'm K Drama Jen. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have monthly episodes we release exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And we even have a brand new perk for all of our kimchi VIPs. We now have a Discord server where we are chatting about all the current airing dramas, classic dramas, news, K-pop, all those great things. So if you want to talk daily with the fangirls, come join us on Patreon. We'll put the link in the show notes. So today we are going to start our podcast of Sisyphus, the myth. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, we we had a little sidebar before we started where we mispronounced the name and, and now it's just stuck there. So we'll try really hard to not say it the way that we did before. <laughs> To not to not wait to not say what drama geek? What, what geek? <laughs> it's a myth. Yeah, we we're not going to talk about the myth. <laughs> so this drama is a time travel drama, um, and we have our leading man Han Taesul, and he's played by Joe Sung Woo, um, which is <clears throat> KMU's and my one of our favorites. And he gets to be this quirky, Tony Starkish type guy. I mean, the first episode, he's saving a plane while talking on the phone and giving his living will. And it's just, it's very entertaining. So he uh, is the main person of the drama where people just start showing up and trying to kill him. And so he and, what is her name? Oh, uh, Kang so, hey, she is played by Park Shanae, and she gets to be this kick butt from the future, comes back, and she's going to protect him from all of these people trying to kill him. Now, at this point, we have no idea why everybody's really trying to kill him, and we may never know. Who knows? But for, <laughs> for the most part, that is like the, he ha, he's he's the brains, uh, the genius engineer, and she comes back from the future pr- to protect him. And it's just, you jump along for the ride, and that's, we'll talk about some of the, the more in-depth things of what, what surrounds him and what we think we hypothesize might be happening, but it is definitely one of those where questions keep being raised, and we just have to kind of figure it out as we go. So true. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So why did we start this drama? For me, I am pulled in by a good trailer and all the trailers for Sisyphus were just excellent. And so I was, from that, that moment I was in and it didn't hurt that Drama Geek, after she watched the first episode, she's like, he's Tony Stark. And I'm like, okay, I'm sold. I mean, I was sold already, but now I'm in and I'll watch it like in five minutes. Just give me a minute. <laughs> so that that's why I started. I was in because of uh, Joe Sung Woo. Like he's the last two uh, dramas has been the same character and he's been amazing in it, but he also hasn't been allowed to really show that many emotions. And so seeing him in these trailers, I was like, oh my gosh, he looks like I am going to really enjoy his character. So, and then I, I tend to enjoy Park Shanae's uh, stuff. And so I was really excited for what this character looked like. It might be for her that she's kind of taken a little bit of a different instead of just the romantic lead so 
that's why I started watching. Yeah, for me, um, when we were looking at like kind of what's up and coming, um, this really caught my attention. I really liked Park Shin Hye in the uh, hashtag Alive movie that we w- that we watched and reviewed. I thought that you know she showed that she had the potential to really be able to do kind of these action sequences and and come across as actually believable somewhat um, in her tough guy tough girl role. And so the trailers and the previews really kind of dragged me into it. So that's why I started. And I continued because we're podcapping it. For me, I'm definitely in it for the leading man. He's in my top three bias list. And I will give anything he's in a try. Um, I was a little hesitant because I wasn't quite sure about the chemistry or time travel plots can get really weird. We will discuss that later. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I was definitely in it for him. And I continued not only just for him, but because we're recording it too. But definitely he's the reason I'm watching. So curious. I know your top one. If he's in your top three, who's the other one that's in your top three? Um, The prison playbook, honey. What, uh, his oh, name. Yes, I can't yes, remember. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Heartless City. Heartless City. Oh. Gotcha. Okay. So skinny, but so hot. <laughs> <laughs> And then, one way to put it. <laughs> and then uh Cho Sung Woo is number three. And all three are amazing actors where it's rarely been they've rarely been in a show that I have not enjoyed. And if I did enjoy it, it was writing, not their acting. So I feel like Jung Kyung Ho is gonna be crying that you didn't remember his name. <laughs> I'm Agreed. sorry. It's well know what? Nobody <laughs> doesn't remember this one's name I all the know. time. I have to look the. <laughs> That's I, to look true. I don't know why. But I remember every sculpture of his face and how <laughs> he's so talented. And I've watched all the YouTube stuff for him and his singing and his Broadway performing kind of stuff too. So, see? Bias. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go forward. How are we liking Park Shanghai as. Uh, Gong Gong say hey. Is she believable as a tough character? So she's not always the most believable, but I can tell that she's trying really hard, and the director is really doing a good job of making her her character come across as tough in the the future, not in the future, in the past. That's going to get confusing. Uh, so I'm really actually enjoying her. I like it when she plays characters that aren't just the little girl that needs saved or the the um, candy princess kind of thing or the romantic love interest that doesn't do anything. So I really am enjoying that she has a lot to do. Uh, the It's at least half focused on her and her past and future and all that fun stuff. And so I'm, I think she's doing pretty good. Better than I was expecting when I heard she was cast. Yeah, so I, as I said, I, I enjoyed her in the Hashtag Alive movie and was looking forward, to, like, based on the trailers and whatnot, it, it did look like, you know, she was going to do a really nice job with this. Mixed reactions, I would say. Some of the scenes, I think she does a fabulous job. Others, I have a hard time believing that she can, like, really toss that big guy over, you know, like, push him that far and you know that kind of thing and maybe that gets explained maybe she has like superpowers or I don't know something but she's 
it it's hit and miss for me still. But so is she believable? Sometimes. So just to clarify to our listeners, this is um, episode one through six that we're discussing. And so far, no, they have not, uh, other than that she's downloaded, um, they have not explained why she can throw people the way that she can. And so early on, I was like, oh, okay, so she's obviously enhanced or something like that. But now that we're further along, I don't know that that's the truth. And I'm not blaming. she's not as tough in the future, like flashbacks. I think that that a lot of that is showing like how her dad protected her a lot. And I don't know. I, I don't I I feel that I blame some of the not being able to believe the action sequences a lot on the director's choices in certain things and, and the way that they're shooting some of the fight scenes and everything. It There's a lot of rope work and a lot of other things where I'm just kind of like, I don't know that any of this makes sense in a, in, in a like real world where it's not people aren't enhanced and all that kind of stuff. The other thing that I was having a hard time with, I think it was episode two, three, four, something like that, where it's like them being on the run constantly and constantly being able to get away from that many people. Like she's this, she's tough, but without any enhanced abilities, her being able to help this doofy genius guy get away from all these people all the time is like, it's a little unbelievable. It's a little hard they for have me guns. to- They Well, and that's the other part. I would say her weakest thing as- uh, an action star is the, her gun uh, <laughs> ability. Like the way she's holding she guns, the way like she like walks around with the guns and stuff like that, which I know it's probably, it is something that's not the easiest thing to, even when I'm watching American dramas and you see a cop walking around the corner with a gun, a lot of times it's like, oh yeah, you don't really know how to hold a gun. Not that I know how to hold a gun, but <laughs> with her and her little blingy, uh, guns and everything. It yeah. just, <laughs> which it's part her, of her like, personality of wanting. Everything is yucky in the future. They're in a dystopian future. And so she takes joy in finding those things of being able to draw on her guns and put blingy things on her guns and like all of that. But sometimes with the way she's holding it and everything, it can make it look like, okay, she's got a squirt gun in her hand. So that's, that is, it would be my biggest of, is it believable most of the time I don't think that some of these scenes are believable but I don't know that it's her acting that's making it unbelievable right it's not just her there's a lot of there's a lot of unbelievable stuff happening yeah Yeah. I think it's a mix of the directing and then as well as the story writing because there are a lot of parts that are just unclear and I'm not sure is it because they're going to have a flashback in the future episodes right. or were they just lazy and said, well, we want her to be able to do this and we're not going to explain it. Right. But I do like her character. Yeah. I like yeah. her as a person. I like her character. So and I like seeing her with her dad in the future scenes of where she's in the past for her past, but it's in the future. I do like seeing her with her dad and all of that. So, and and her little brief like fangirling of finding BTS stuff. <laughs> it, that you was know. cute. <laughs> it's very cute. It, it makes her, you know, relatable. It makes her relatable of like here she's in the dystopian future where she doesn't have a lot of comforts in life and she takes comfort in BTS just like we do. So, you know. <laughs> I like when she stole or she like used the gun to break the stuffy machine and got all the stuffies. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
she's she's very much like a little girly kid in that kind of way you know obviously her childhood was hampered by an atomic bomb right and that'll do it she (laughs) keeps the joy of youth around her when possible and i love that about her character so and i have just a little different take on her character because initially she was described as a soldier in this description and they've actually changed the description now that we've seen these these six episodes her father may have been a soldier but she's been raised to survive and Mm. survive in a place where gangs roam and they've got control of the food and in order to survive you have to know how to use a gun how to take out multiple opponents and how to, you know, play hide and seek in a grocery store of all things. And so to me, she's more, she's capable because she's picked up these skills, but she retains her girliness or her childishness. And that's why she's decorated her gun because that's a survival skill in its own. It's taking this thing that she has to have and just making it very much hers. And just the way she absolutely melts and becomes a fangirl over BTS, that's, I like the that it's adorable but also gives us a glimpse into what she would be if she hadn't been dropped into a world where she just had to survive hmm no i do agree because again he seems like he's the soldier she's been trained by her dad and if i didn't see some of the early scenes where she's like jumping off the sides of buildings and different things where it enhancement or throw I think throwing the guy around and stuff there's just been some things where it's the director's choice of how they're going how they're showing her like the action scenes that I totally agree that if those weren't in there I would think that she's doing a fantastic job and really showing the character of here she's living in this really different world from where she is right now and she's been trained by her dad to survive and she's using those survival skills to live in the past now so I agree with the McNeil in that way. For our next question, I'm laughing because um, clearly K-Muse or someone like either, I'm going to say <laughs> K-Muse. K-Muse. There's like no room I for disagreement. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> let, let, let me just read it verbatim and then you'll see there's no room for disagreement. It is, quote, let's chat about everything we love about Cho Sung-woo and how awesome he is playing brainy hottie Han Tae-sul. So, so um, okay. no bias there whatsoever. No. None, 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 none. You can't tell that he's in her top three. So I'll start just to say that he is really enjoyable as this kind of like, uh, was it drama geek who said doofy? Like, I mean, I was really sucked in in the first episode because here we are in an airplane. It's headed, you know, to downward, going to crash at any moment. And he's using duct tape to fix the hole and then just calmly pulling things apart and getting the magnet out so that he can, you know, um, fix the electrical system and so on. And I, I really like that kind of character. So I found him really interesting. I personally, though, feel that he's not a ton different from what I saw in Stranger. Um, and you guys can disagree. But he has, he, he still has a bit of that kind of like not quite getting social situations and whatnot. And so um, so I'm not seeing the range in, of acting like maybe you guys are. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> she said it so, treading so lightly. <laughs> um, I'm trying to decide how to, to think about that. <laughs> you, can, you can go at the end. You have time. It's okay. 
Um, I I'm just thoroughly enjoying his character. I like the him against her. If she's um definitely playing the more like, she, especially the scene where they like f- do the zipline, where she's just doing the zipline and he's all screaming and like ah like I enjoy seeing because he's usually in his element he knows what he's doing he's used to being the smartest person in the room he's also used to being the most eccentric person in the room so he's kind of got that going of he knows he's a little bit off and then now he's being thrown into these situations whereas he's on a plane and he's cool-headed and he's doing all these things but I think when he's with her running from from the people he's he's really off his game and he's not quite able to control the situation and so he's just screaming and and acting like a kid and you know it I I really am enjoying his character in that way that I I I think that he's maybe not a huge different character from Stranger like K-drama Jen said but I think that he's showing all the emotions maybe that that character would show so he still has an element of like being the the oddball in the room, but now he's just able to kind of let it all loose. And I have the unusual gift of this is my first experience mm-hmm. watching him act since I just, I know you love Stranger and Stranger too, and it just, it put me to sleep. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm, I'm enjoying judging. everything. <laughs> yeah, you are. Anyway. <laughs> But I am enjoying what he brings to this role just because he does, you know, he's not completely confident in every situation. So that's maybe where he diverges from Tony Stark. But he has the intelligence. And I love hearing him think out loud because he thinks fast, but he thinks logically. So like when he got the, he turned the soda bottles into impromptu bombs to get them out of the guy's house, you know, or when he used a clipboard and duct tape to fix the plane so they could actually land. Just all that kind of thing. I like seeing that. And it, it helps me believe the fact that he is intelligent enough to build a time travel ma- machine and maybe even stay alive if she helps him out. Well, I like how eccentric his character is in this because you watch all of these people who literally believe that he is crazy. Not necessarily ready to like commit him, but they think he's not quite all there. And just kind of go with the situation. Like he doesn't react in situations how a normal person would like when he's about to die, he's very matter of fact of, well, here's my will in case this doesn't work. You know, I, I love how fast he thinks through things. He's one of those actors that you can almost see him thinking and the thoughts going through and him figuring things out. And I really enjoy when I can see that in an expression without it all having to be verbalized. And he definitely, is able to do that. And some of my favorite scenes are just when he's doing his like MacGyver thing. It's so much fun to watch and watch him not freak out necessarily that time travel or that he's going to invent time travel or he invented some part of time travel. We're not sure all the specifics, but he was involved in that. So, <laughs> so it's really interesting watching him go through the process of suddenly having this whole I'm on the run kind of thing added into his basic personality. I'm enjoying it. And he's hot and he's perfect. And there's nothing <laughs> to not love about him. <laughs> We know that uh, K-Muse loves him. 
does she love him with Park Shanae as a couple? Um, and they've, because they've uh, put this wedding picture and the scene of them being at the chapel and stuff uh, happening in the first couple episodes, we know that that's probably where they're headed. So there is some romance in it. But do we uh, buy the the romance in the future? And I I like that it's not, I like them together that it's not a strict romance because I feel like if it was just a romance drama and that's what we were really focusing on, then I wouldn't necessarily buy them as a couple. But because it's action and they're being thrown together that way, I do buy the way that he's kind of falling for her and and like she's the only person he can trust. And that translates into, I think, being able to feel um, romantically about her in the future. If I've, and I, I do think that both of them will be able to pull it off. I'm a little bit hesitant. Like, I don't want them to focus too much on their romance. Like, I want it to continue to be uh, focused on the storyline and then have the romance kind of to the side. But I do enjoy watching them together, and I do feel like they have uh, a good chemistry with each other. I think so, too. I think this is definitely going to be a slow burn romance, and just as they keep turning towards each other and relying on each other more and realizing that really they are the only two that they can count on. And so, yeah, I I buy it. I think with me, what I love the most about them is their bantering. And it's not necessarily romantic bantering. Some of it's like maybe borderline flirting, but not necessarily I would say it's more of a Stockholm Syndrome kind of situation (laughs) (laughs) where they're both in this like high intense situation where they're stuck together and it's just going to like, well, this happened and now we're meant to be, I guess. You know, it definitely has some Stockholm moments here or there, but I did really love at the end of episode six where she saves them once again and they meet on the bridge. And I have to admit, that's one of the first times I felt like there was actual romantic, romantic vibes. Yeah. And so I did enjoy that. And I guess we just have to see where we go from there. Yeah. So I, <laughs> but I, I will admit I'm, I didn't watch six. I've only, I've only watched um, through five. And so I'll just, you know, wait and see. Cause right now I'm, I, I really got burned during Alhambra, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. memories of the Alhambra, because I just, they tried to force this romantic thing that I just didn't feel was there. And, you know, as I said, I'm an episode behind you guys, so I'll reserve judgment. But in her defense, like her character never got to do anything. So in Alhambra. Yeah, she yeah, played the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> she wore that, that, doing that something. one There outfit. wasn't even Stockholm Syndrome to explain it. <laughs> true. It's so true. Yeah. So, so at least this, I feel like there's things happening. Yeah. Whether it's romantic things, I'm okay with putting that on the back burner. Agreed. Right. So now we're on to time travel. So... <laughs> I'm supposed to describe what's going on and if it's working for me. <laughs> so let's see if we can lay this out a little bit. So we have Han Sul, his timeline, which starts in our present day. And 
but he keeps seeing hallucinations of his brother, except for when his brother's body apparently comes flying at the plane that he's trying to save, and then all of a sudden his brother is for real? So anyway, so we've got that going on, <laughs> and then people from the future are popping up in Han Taesul's timeline trying to get to him to either reveal his plans or not to invent things or just something. They're trying to put a little pressure on him not to do the thing or to do the thing but give them control of it. And then if we look at Gong So Hei's timeline, her future is, or her past is his future. It's hard to describe <laughs> language, but it's actually, I feel like it's pretty clearly laid out. Obviously, her life and her story really begins after he creates the uploader and the nuclear bombs end up getting dropped on Seoul and she has to just survive a la Hunger Games. And so then she's, then she gets the chance to go back and I can't believe only 5% of people survive and yet everybody keeps trying to go back. Yeah. And watching her eat a banana with the peel on, like right there, I'm like, you are committed. <laughs> so anyway, so she jumps back to Hante Soul's present day and she's trying to protect him even though her dad told her not to because her future self told her that in a diary that somehow she got. So that's probably going to be the most complicated thing is keeping track of that diary. Hmm. Uh, that's the most complicated. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I watch Doctor Who for fun. Timelines are, you know, just a play thing. Tiny wine. Anyway, <laughs> but no, it's just, I think that'll be, that's kind of the touch point. It's been the touch point for the timeline is the diary because it's telling her what to do. She obviously writes in the future, but somehow her past self gets it. And so, and then like in episode six, he gives her the, new one which becomes the original so it's almost creating its own time loop so anyway yes for me it's working i think it's pretty clearly laid out there's a lot happening but i haven't lost track of which timeline we're in or who's affecting it so i think personally i think it's working i do want to know have you guys watched meet the robinsons yes or not meet the robinsons yes 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 the the, one with the the disney cartoon yeah 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 and spoiler alert but when the kid says okay, I'm never going to invent you, and that kind of ends the conflict. I'm wondering how they're going to work around that with Han Sul. If he just decides he's not going to invent the uploader, will that end and change the future? And, like, all these time travelers, time travelers will disappear? Or does somebody else get a hold of his plans? Like, is it going to get invented no matter what? Or can he just decide not to invent it, and that'll clear out the timeline? I- all right. so there are so many more confusing things because supposedly his brother or maybe not his brother the secondary version of his brother are running around taking photos of him and then there's photos with list when he's going to be assassinated or attempted assassinations and yet they all kind of happen but everyone knows that they're supposed to happen it is so confusing. Oh my <laughs> word. And now there's like another version of him. How did he come back? It's supposed to be regulated. There, It does not make sense whatsoever. There is no sense, rhyme, or reason to so much of this. And so I'm just dying. Just dying. <laughs> dying. And then- so now is probably a good time to say spoiler alert. Um, that if you haven't watched through episode six, you're going to be really confused listening to this conversation. <laughs> Sorry. In my defense, we don't technically know that it's him, but it was his ear. 
It totally looked like his ear. So we know it's yeah. him. I and don't then know. He ran off and disappeared. But he's way farther back in the past than his current version because he went back when his brother was still alive before he went crazy. And so, yeah, there, things happen. I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No comment. I I I, I don't know. <laughs> I have to watch through episode six to be able to really comment. I think. Oh, I, and even Doctor Who doesn't to... explain this. Yeah. Not even Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think the biggest thing, and this does you don't have, don't have to watch episode six, is definitely I think the brother and his presence is the thing that is the, my biggest like. Okay, what is going on with him? And then also, uh, you, you've got a lot of different bad guy stuff going on with the, t- you know, so like you've got currently the people that are there trying, because I mean, it, logically, you've got the future and people coming back to the past from whatever time in the future. I don't know if they're all coming back from all sorts of different times or if it's just one fixed point in the future where they start coming back. But they start coming back and then they're obviously affecting the past. And then you've got the control bureau. That's what it's called, right? The control bureau. Mm -hmm. So then you've got the control bureau who is trying to get these people and lock them away. And then so you've got that linear like present and then you've got the people coming back. Now, until this point, I was under the impression that they were just coming back to that one to to the present day. But obviously now we know that they are going back to further back in the future because I think it was in 5 where they said it started 2001 or so is when they started they started noticing mm-hmm. them and that's when the control bureau was created. So you've got this fixed point in time of like 2001, 2002, whatever control bureau was created and so from there that point on now you've got all of these people from the future coming back so i do think it gets really messy and lots of timey why me all that kind of stuff but the brother is the biggest thing of like okay so the brother was supposed to he went crazy he started thinking telling saying all this stuff about all these people coming so he obviously learned about it way before uh our lead guy did and then he supposedly died but is that must be when he started hiding and taking all the pictures of him i'm assuming like he pretended to die and then he hid it he hid and took all the pictures of him and then his future self at some point comes back and hits the plane <laughs> so you've got like okay you've got so you do have in the time frame you've got a lot of different like possibilities and then if he started the war the time travel started the war or somebody else started the war. I think that's also the, for the Machnes, like will him not inventing the time machine create it to where it solves everything. That's if the war was really started by this whole time machine thing. So if he doesn't create the time machine, then the war doesn't happen. But then you have the loop of like, so then you've got Kong, uh, whatever her name is, um, where she has to come back. So I think that there's going to be a lot of stuff at the end where this time loop is going to have, they're going to have to clean up a lot of messy stuff of how can this uh, be all resolved. And I just watched a time travel Taiwanese one that was way more simple. It was all just about like a couple. And the way they resolved all this stuff was so 
well done, but but it's because they kept everything so simple. I think with time travel, when you create so much chaos and so many different threads of things, that's when you can really get into the, is this ever going to resolve properly? And the answer is no. <laughs> it's not. It's just well, going to be I'm a crazy mess at the end. You have all these people coming back post-nuclear war. Right. You would think one of them would be like, well, maybe let's try to stop the nuclear war rather than go eat dinner with my grandma who's going to pass away. You know, there's a lot of people coming back and you think information would be coming through and say, hey, we're all going to die in like two years. Or our family is going to die because we're alive. But yeah. But yeah, yeah. You know, it's just all kinds of, because it's not like in a far future. It's in a rather immediate future when everyone's going to be nuked. And so I'm just like, what the heck? Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, uh. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so let's move on and just talk about action sequences. We kind of talked about this, but just in general, what's working and what's not? I feel like we have so much going on that at times it feels like it's just one thing after another after another. And I I don't know if all of the action is moving the plot forward or not. Um, it just feels, oh, I guess we're going <laughs> to talk about, we're gonna talk about next. Uh, so, uh, so the things that were working, I really did enjoy the zip line scene where she was just like, like, like military precision and he he was just like like he was from a slapstick comedy like he was just all over the place flailing and that was funny um i do i guess i like how the contrast where she is always just jumping in and beating the daylights out of people um and he's either like hiding or using his brain to develop some quick is it working sometimes I have to admit that I've turned my brain off on the logistics and I'm just enjoying them because I'm already confused enough with the stupid time travel stuff that I don't need to think deeply about how she can like kick people's butts. So I'm turning off my brain and enjoying what it is. I do enjoy how the director has, I think, taken into her limitations on action because I think there is with live filming, there's some limitations And he's definitely developed a style of filming that is similar to quite a few of the action uh, movies that you see here in the U.S. lately, where it's like a kind of a continuous shift camera kind of thing. And I do enjoy that they're bringing that in. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I appreciate that they're trying something different. And it's working for me as long as I don't have to think about how many people she's defeating. So... (laughs) See, and I agree. Like, I feel like when they get tight and close, when she, she's a pretty, like, the action style that they're using, she's a pretty dirty fighter. Like, she, like, when they, it, it's it's lots of punches and, like, quick jabs and just, like, I enjoy watching and whoever her stunt double is. They're doing a great job of that tight uh, fight sequences. And it's, it, for me, it mainly is, like, some of the, the strength, like when it looks like she's 
superhuman. Um, and then some, and like I said before, just like her shooting the, you know, different things of and the, <laughs> the under- shooting is not included. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, that again, cause that's, but I do enjoy watching a lot of her, uh, tight up close fight sequences and, in any type of situation where you've got a, a, a hero fighting 10, 15, 20, 30 guy, like you're going to have to suspend belief that, you know, that they're going to be able to fight that many people who are supposed to be trained uh, people. Because again, she's going up against this control bureau who that's what their job is. And so it is, you have to suspend belief in that. But I just enjoy watching the sequences. So, Yeah, I think it's working. Again, I turned my brain off, but it also helps to know. I love that they changed the description. She's not a soldier. She's a survivalist. And to me, that actually explains why, you know, she can go to the end of the zip line, but doesn't have a plan for after that. Right. Yeah. So. Which brings us to our next question. Is there too much action and not enough plot? Is it a pacing problem or a writing problem or not a problem? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think for me, considering how crazy the plot is, Having a little more action works for me because I don't have to sit and think about it. And so it propels me in between all of those really random what the heck is going on moments that are happening, especially in episode five and six. There's a lot of what the heck did I just watch, you know, and so it definitely keeps me watching, whereas I think if it was all plot, I'd be like. No, I can't with this. This just doesn't make sense. It's stupid. So I'm up for the action. I do feel like there's just me. I don't, I actually don't know. You're right. I don't know if there's too much action because at least it distracts me from the fact that the plot is a little bit crazy. Yeah. Uh, maybe I just need to do what you guys are doing. Just turn my brain off and just let it, let it go. Um, I'm trying too hard to figure out like what, why, huh, huh? And maybe Wait till if I episode just, like, six. <laughs> For me, I think that it's this is going to be one of those dramas that the problem is is they have a thinner plot than, or they have a plot that they want to piecemeal out to you, and they don't want you to know certain things until certain times. So they're keeping you in the dark about so much that the action scenes are necessary right now because they don't want to give away too much of the story. And I that kind of bugs me in shows. Um, make sure you've got a really nice, heavy, you know, layered plot so that you can have some throughout the whole thing instead of, <laughs> instead of giving breadcrumbs. And with this type of thing, like concrete answers, right you know, the a fluid timeline, it's always, it's hard because that's the type of drama it is. But I think that's why we're getting so many um, action scenes early on is because they are trying to not give you as much information um, so that you don't figure things out too soon. And that kind of bugs me sometimes. So I enjoy, I'm enjoying the action sequences. I don't know how much story we're getting in between it, but it's giving the the leads time to kind of get used to each other so I think I have to look at this as this is just a really long action movie and those don't always have the deepest plot so we'll we'll see if you know they get they're able to really give us a lot more information 
as we go forward, but that's kind of my thought process so far is that they're just giving us a little bit at a time so that they can draw out the, the twists and turns. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's totally Or maybe right. they just don't have a lot of them. I don't know. <laughs> well, and I'm thinking about it too, because if you just mentally comparing my reaction to this to my reaction to Eternal Monarch, mm. like Eternal Monarch, when I went back and I watched it the second time, because the first time I think we were all just kind of going for the ride because we were not completely following where everything was going. Mm-hmm. And then the second time around, I just saw how brilliant brilliantly laid out it was where this one you know it's easy to forget details week to week and so the live view it you know I'd be afraid of forgetting things and I'm not so I think we have a lot of action and not quite enough plot and I think drama geeks right they're holding back so much or they're trying to hide so much that it's showing that there isn't as much of a plot as they think there is at least not in these first six episodes now after episode six I'm like I'm not sure where everything is going especially that final scene yeah but for now, there was not a whole lot of enough plot to forget, if that makes sense. All right. So the mix of science and kick butt attitude are themed through all the episodes once our leads meet. And is that working for us? So this idea where we have sort of the calm scientist and we have our girl from the future who comes back and is sort of like just takes on everybody um, I actually like that combination. I would say that of the things that, that I do like about this drama, I kind of enjoy that, you know, she's out there. There's a scene where um, he's basically stealing a car and using his like he's downloading <laughs> the app so that he can, so that he can so steal the car. And she's like, what? It dragged on so bad. Like it was like it, this. I don't know if this is realistic for him to be doing all this downloading. <laughs> I love right. he's like, well, oh, it doesn't work. I have to create my own app. <laughs> yeah. That was such while, a great line. While she is taking on the control bureau, like all of these people, um, and he's like in the car with the guy that he rescued, um, you know, figuring out. But anyway, it it is entertaining because there is that aspect in each time. Or even like when they were going to run away and jump off the bridge, he's like, well, how much do you weigh? And let me calculate that. And okay, here's what you need to do. And you're going to go down this many meters. And I appreciate that. I think mixing a little nerdiness with the, with her brawn is kind of cool. Like, I think that um, it sort of flips the script a little bit. So yeah, I like it. For me, it's the main thing that's working. Like uh, among all of the crazy time travel and all that kind of stuff and the bad guys. And I, I, I feel like that's what is keeping me watching it is the two of them, their difference in how they uh, like approach a situation and solve it. Um, that's what's fun to watch for me. Can I just say ditto? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good blend. And it's one of the things that is definitely keeping me in the story. And I agree with everyone else. This is definitely the highlight of the show. And I really like how between their bantering, it does show that they're a unit and not just one person is the brilliant one who's dragging the other along with them. Because I think that was kind of where Alhambra went wrong is you had this really smart, really aggressive character. And then this girl who is just tagging along and in this show, we have both of them are definitely equals just with different talents. And it constantly is, 
putting that at the forefront of their relationship. And I'm so excited to see a show where it's not just, oh, that person needs saved all the time. You know, no, they're a joint force trying to get through this experience. And they save each other occasionally, but it's not all, oh, this person is crying in the corner and needs saved again. And I love that that's what we're getting. All right. So what about the bad guys? Which ones were obvious and which ones were a surprise? And is there anyone that's not a bad guy at this point? I mean, maybe Song Dong Il? Maybe? I think his bestie isn't. Because his bestie is supposedly clueless about everything. Well, and he just does as he's told. So it makes him more yeah. of a patsy than anything. So mm-hmm. like even that, if if good men do nothing, then they're allowing evil to win that that quote. So he's, I, that to me puts him on the side of the control bureau. And so I'm like, who is there that's not? I'm interested to see our sniper cop, the mm-hmm. one that they ended up in his house with his mom. I think he's going to have an interesting character journey because he, he ends up, in that house with them and he's not mad at her like like he is when in his earlier past and so how does he get to that point where he's reconciled even though he would again not being able to word it very well but you you see where i'm going he how does he go from pure hatred to wanting to help them like where's that journey going to take him I think it was funny. CL Kita was texting us and is all like, is every like dad Ajusi in this drama as a, <laughs> as a bad guy? Cause there are a lot of them. Um, I, at this point again, I'm just wondering, I'm like, dudes, the world's going to end in a few years. What are you all doing? Because obviously you are all in the know. Mm-hmm. At least half of you are from the future what is going on here? So that frustrates me is that it all of the bad guys seem to be very unfocused on where they're going forward to, whether it's about money or, or acquiring things or I don't know. It, it's very confusing. Uh, I did like when, okay, Jen, this is going to be a spoiler. <laughs> 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 I did like when the psychiatrist ended up being a bad guy. That kind of surprised me. I'm not, I think there's some more background as to why she's doing some of the things she's doing, but that was a nice twist that I wasn't expecting right offhand. And I don't know if I was just glanced away, but I don't think my mind absorbed that she was the one head honcho's daughter. Um, and so that was kind of like, oh, okay. You know, that explains kind of where, why she's evil. But I kind of like that. That was about the only one that really surprised me. And then the one at the end of six, I'm still wondering what the heck is going on there. So. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's an I'm having Jen. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to when we did Nello in my nature. <laughs> And you were all like, episode six. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, see, episode like, six of Mellow was so much better. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this one, there's a lot, though. What the heck is going on? <laughs> yes, but clearly I miss, I'm miss. i missing a lot. I thought, oh, I'll be fine. I watched five, but. I want no. you to watch it, and then you need to text us exactly what you're thinking while you're watching it. <laughs> well, and now, like. So I haven't liked the psychiatrist lady because she just gives me a bad vibe. Like, I think that she's just a little bit too, like, 
there's something. And now so you know now she's that, a villain. That, Yay! Now I know she's a villain. So well, she has horrible ethics too. Just speaking yeah. to someone who's married to a career psychologist. Now the way she's talking, the fact that she has him as a patient at all—that's no bad yeah. ethics. Yeah. Yeah. Inappropriate. Yeah. Um, don't don't psychoanalyze your exes, especially <laughs> if they're mentally not quite all there. Yeah. <laughs> and don't prescribe medicine to them. Right. Either. Anyway, right. I would say um, it just feels like there's a whole lot of bad guys. That's all. I I can't keep track. They're all bad. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I agree with KMUs. I want to know why they are doing what they're doing. And why they're not doing other things. Like, again, the control bureau, if they know what happens in the future, what is their purpose for just going and acting like an immigration's office and just getting the people that come back? Like, why isn't there something bigger going on? Some, you know, like, or do they just know and they've been told by the people in the future, nothing you do is going to change it. It's always just going to be the way that it's going to be. And there's no point in trying to to change anything. But then why are they trying to kill uh Hunt? Why are they trying to kill him? So I, I want to know why everybody before. Right. I want to know why everybody is trying to kill him. Why any like nobody has gone back to 2001 or whatever and he's oblivious out there in his little shack trying to invent whatever. Why didn't why aren't they going out and like destroying that and getting rid of that part of it? So I don't know. Like there's a lot like with the bad guys, one You've got this legion, and it's always like it, there's oh, there there. It's like clown cars, the bad guys, and they're all very attractive too. I've there, there's there's plenty of attractive bad guys going on in this one. The underlings, at least, not the the ones controlling everything, but they're always like just pouring out of cars and everything, trying to catch them. And it's they like never a do. Haughty, uh, haughty clown car. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's haughty clown car of black suits and and everything. And there's one guy in the control room in particular. He's pretty hot. But like, I I just want to know wh- what what their like what their ultimate plan is. Why is everybody trying to kill him? Does that is that the purpose of it? Them trying to stop the war trying to stop the time travel, like what exactly is that? And then like, is it Sigma or something like that? That they, yeah, that, yeah they, who is that? Nobody knows. Everybody, it's just this big overlord bad guy. And it better be good. Like whoever it is better be. I hate <laughs> when there's always this like people talking and about something. And it better something. be hot. He sounded younger <laughs> and hot. I demand it. Oh, uh, uh, There's no shirtless scenes. What the heck? K-Muse, there is somebody put a poster of who they think because the ear, you, you, you identified <laughs> the ears. <laughs> a character poster that was posted, I think, at the beginning of like when they were introducing all the characters of who they think it is. So I'll, I'll send that to you later. But, okay. um, so yeah, I think hot? just with the bad guys, you just got so many different like factions of like, you've got, uh, reply dad, uh, who's like, he's a broker, he's in it for the money. And, you know, so he, I don't, I think it's another one of those like piecemeal of like, not all the bad guys have all the information. I don't know. Like it, it really is one of those, like, I need concrete motivation from these bad guys. What is their, their end game? Like that's, that's it. I want to know what their end game is with him in particular and why didn't when they had him in that little white room or whatever, if the ultimate goal is to stop him from doing what he's doing, just kill him. Like, but they didn't, of course. They let him go. So I don't know. So 
Mine's the next one. Flash to the future. How is our lead actress and her father getting so much ammo? Oh, this is definitely K-Muse. She, she messaged me. She's like, they don't have any food and they're having to find it. Where are all the drones and the ammos and the guns and the <laughs> coming from? Especially in Korea. Like, yeah, that stuff would have had to have been there before the war broke out. And it's not there unless it's like military stuff. So my answer to this is like, don't ask too many questions about stupid stuff like this. <laughs> it's coming from the ammo fairy, okay? There's an ammo fairy that <laughs> flies around in this dystopian future, and it drops off all the ammo that's in the America and drops it off to South Korea. That's what happens. They totally go Mad Max. I'm just all like, and they're horrible shots. So yeah. it's like, you're wasting so much ammo right now, people. Yeah. You know, I understand, like, shooting one shot into a toy thing to get all the stuffies. But when you're shooting, like, thousands of rounds of ammo to not hit some random teenage thug dudes, I don't know. I I just... I have to tell my children, especially my youngest, every time we're watching something, stop counting how or when they would need to reload. You have to suspend... <laughs> belief of the reality of things because it makes action scenes not as enjoyable so you just have to go with it all right so spoiler for episode six there's this crazy pants thing where tesula is caught and they flip everything back and make it seem like he's waking up from after his first initial injury from the airplane mm -hmm. And that all this time hasn't come through. And then the psychologist lady screws with his head. So what do we think about this? Were we confused? And what's this key that everyone is searching for? So I was definitely confused because I was messaging you. And it was, yeah. his injury is supposed to be from him being shot at the, the, um, the conference. conference where he yeah. introduces the whole sugar cube yeah. that that conference so he's supposed to be waking up from that so it's um i was a little confused i was like did they send him back to the past and nobody That's knows what's what, going on only because that is what the news i thought too i'm all like stuff. did they have a time machine right <laughs> you know, totally... um but yeah so i uh it was confused a little bit, but then it played out. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's in on this. That's what's going on and everything. And with the key, it's another one of those things of like the whole Sigma thing. The key better open up something really crazy and it's special. It's probably components for the time machine to be created because they I told us already, though. That what? Oh, did they say what was in there? Yeah, it's the key to the safe that has his plans for the uploader. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So that, like... I, I didn't remember them saying that. I just remember it was a key to the safe with the brother or okay. something like so that. So it has the uploader, the plans to the uploader in it, which, when did they put that in the safe that's in the present? So his Pat, his future, his brother's futures? Oh, maybe it was the 2001 Taesul that comes back and Who puts knows? those plans in there. because <laughs> no, the brokers... Remember when the brokers came, they went to the shed. He went to the shed. Right. because of the suitcase and everything and the safe was missing and that's when he gets the call from the broker saying hey we've got the safe come give us the key right and so that the, was yeah, his bargain the safe is present day right the safe is present day 
And he so was that's what I'm to saying. see if his brother had put anything in there. No, he had put it in. His brother just had the key. And the key came back in the suitcase that his brother had that had dropped from the airplane. <laughs> so he okay. created the plans for the time machine in the like locked him in the safe. His brother had the key, and, and then he's when just his not aware back, that what he created becomes a time machine. He just cre- yeah. he just designed whatever it was supposed to be. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. I guess it was like the follow up to the initial the sugar uh, cube machine. Uh huh. Okay. See, when uh, you have to do this much explaining <laughs> all the different things, there's a problem so anyway. with your writing. <laughs> Well, and it just seemed super complicated to get the key. Why doesn't they just keep him drugged out of his gourd? Like, put a little less effort into it. And I don't know. But he figures it out. So, yay. And they're reunited. Oh, yay. (laughs) And he's got headaches that feel like gunshots. Yay. (laughs) So, uh, spoiler alert for me. Um, Somebody (laughs) has his brother tied up and is spying... On our OTP. <laughs> Who do we think that person is? Any thoughts? And I'm going to, um, yeah, I'll just be quiet because I have no idea. I haven't seen the scene. <laughs> I have no clue either. It just seems, I'm, I would literally, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? There's another freaking bad guy running around. And that was my impression. And then I was mad because they ruined the sweet romantic moment on the bridge for me. Because <laughs> they were spying. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be the leader of like Sigma. Like that yeah. is my impression is that that we finally are going to get to see who the heck. But it's still stupid. Is. <laughs> but he also must be from the future because he's like, this is always my favorite part. So mm-hmm. he's been there before. Which means before how many times has he watched it? Right. So how many well, times? You know, super this- stalkers. <laughs> Maybe it's lottery boy. Um. A future, no. it could be in it the future. too competent. <laughs> you never know what happens. But it could it could definitely be somebody that currently we've met and they look different. But the actor himself, whoever it is, has not been on screen so far, in my opinion. Like, I don't think that we've met him yet. So I, they're introducing a new character, bad guy. And again, I feel like he's from the future and that he's ta- he took that chance of that 5% and came back to the past. I don't know. He's that stalkerish. He really needed to go see things in the past. Multiple times. Or <laughs> or we have we don't know when that was. It could be that we're seeing the brother cuz the the room itself could have looked like it could have been like some safe house in the dystopian future with screens and all that kind of stuff. It could have been. Except the brother was in the clothes that he was wearing at the cocktail party. Gotcha. Well, what what clothes was the brother wearing when he hits the airplane? Do we know? No, we don't. Uh, He wasn't wearing a whole lot. (laughs) He had boxers. Oh, okay. So he was in the the outfit that they they wear when they come back so that there's not much that the uploader has to replicate. And they never found the body of the brother. So maybe... He's not dead. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But again, knows? I don't think we've met him before. I think he's part of this mysterious Sigma, sigma whatever. Thanks for joining us. We'd <laughs> love to hear what you thought about this episode. You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, or through our Patreon page. The links will be in our show notes. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. <laughs>